Okay, well, before we get into the fun stuff, are you looking at data? I thought it would be worth at least outlining to you what data sources I'm going to be using in this talk. And the title of the talk was Latest Trends, and I thought, well, what latest data do we have? And what better than our, uh, our latest data release, which was two weeks ago, which was our final estimates of long-term international migration for the calendar year of 2009. So a lot of what I'm talking about today will be from that set of data. We also have uh, provisional estimates in with that up to March 2010, so it's just a, a little bit more recent data that we also released two weeks ago. Um, we have a coordinated migration release um, as part of our procurement reporting strategy. Um, so we released two weeks ago the, mi the Migration Statistics Quarterly Report, um, and that also includes some data from the Home Office and DWP. So I'll be showing some of those data as well. Okay, what better way to start the day than a nice wordy definition? Um, so again, before we get into the fun stuff, I thought I could at least remind us all of what I'm talking about when I'm using the term migrant, because that's obviously a word I'm going to be using a lot within the next 20 minutes. Uh, ONS uses the UN definition uh, of a long-term migrant, uh, and that's defined as a person who moves to a country other than that of his or her usual residence for a period of at least a year so that the country of destination effectively becomes his or her new country of usual residence. So in brief, if somebody's intending to migrate for 12 months or more, we count them as a long-term migrant. Somebody who's just coming for a short stay of under 12 months, they're not included in our definition. So for example, a student coming over just to do a short course for three months or so wouldn't be included, but a student coming over for perhaps a degree course um, of more than a year, which they all are, would be included. And likewise, somebody coming for a summer job wouldn't be included, but somebody for a longer-term job would be. I'm saying migrant all the way through, that's what I'm referring to. OK, so finally, let's have a look at some data. OK, so these are the top-level um, key figures that we released two weeks ago, and these relate to the calendar year for 2009. So the high-level figures are that 567,000 people migrated into the UK, 368,000 emigrated from the UK, leaving a net migration figure of 198,000. Now, contrary to what this implies, um, it shows that lots of immigrants are crossing the Atlantic and arriving into Wales, and perhaps most of the emigrants are leaving Scotland, crossing the North Sea into Scandinavia. But uh, obviously this is just for an illustration, so I wouldn't like you to go away. So it's UK-wide. And here are some sort of mock-up headlines of the key headlines that we identified from our latest release, and these are the ones that we presented at our press conference two weeks ago. Um, so those arriving for formal study are at a record high, um, since we've been recording those numbers. Um, emigration has fallen since 2008, and there's a 10-year low in the emigration of British citizens, so fewer Brits are leaving the country now. So the best way of showing the trends, the focus of this talk, is to have a look at it over time. We've taken it back to 91, but essentially we've got a pink line at the top, which shows immigration, this sort of dark blue line here, which is emigration, and then we've got a net migration expressed as a bar there. I think over time you can see that um, sort of back in the early 90s, it was almost a, a zero net migration, where immigration and emigration are very similar to each other. And it seems that over time, over the, those 20 years, there's a gap that's increased uh, between the two, which, of course, the result is that that migration has risen over those 20 years. 
Um, just recently, we can see a bit of a drop from the 2008 figure, but it's quite difficult to sort of see what the long-term pattern is here because it's fluctuating quite a lot, emigration, um, since about 2006. But overall, they're both increasing, as we can see here. Something that's interesting to look at when we look at immigration and emigration over time is to tie it in with the length of stay that migrants are here for. Now, the best measure we have from this is a variable or a question that we ask in the International Passenger Survey of how long do you intend to stay in the UK? So it's intentions based. So clearly it's not based on fact, um, so it won't always be correct, but it's the best thing that we have to look at. Um, and what this shows is quite a substantial rise since the early 90s of migrants coming into the UK who say that they're going to be here for up to two years. Now bear in mind that a migrant has to be here for at least one year, so these people are here between, or intend to be here, between one year and two years. And this has risen quite a lot. Um, those arriving permanently, or for more than four years, they're grouped together. Again, that's risen, but I don't think we could say that there's a, an awful lot of change in the two towards the bottom, which this one is up to four years, the screen dotted one, and these people are not really sure how long they're going to be here. It didn't make for a very catchy headline that uh, there's a slow rise in people who don't know how long they're going to be here. <laughs> so, so there we are, and a little bit later I'll break down length of stay, or intended length of stay, by EU and non-EU, so we can just have a little look there <coughs> to see if there's any differences between the two. So in the final figures, I think the length of stay, you can just about see some sort of echo um, between the two of these two years, in that there's a bit of a bulge here, and then a bit of a bulge sometime later here. And again, whether we can sort of tell anything from here or not, I don't know. Whether I've just been staring at it too long like a magic eye picture and seeing something. But, um, but it is interesting that, that one does seem to echo the other. But clearly, there'll never be an exact match because it's intentions based and uh, we're going to be very rarely interviewing the same people emigrating as those who we interviewed several years earlier who were immigrating. Okay, so let's have a closer look at the figures, the overall figures, broken down by the EU and the non-EU. So this is EU nationalities only and I've included British within this because um, quite frequently we get accused of not including Britain within the EU, so they are included in the EU figures here. Um, and we can see that it's almost as if the immigration and emigration can't quite make up its mind over recent years for which one is the higher of the two. Um, the gap certainly closed um, from where it was back in 2000 going on. And, uh, and yeah, we can see several times that um, net migration has been negative since about 2005. But overall, both of the lines are increasing over that time, generally. Okay, so now we've added in the non-EU here, so the dotted lines are the emigration from those who have a nationality that's non-EU. So this isn't necessarily where the people have come from, it's their nationality when they arrive or leave. So as we can see, I suppose the most notable observation is that immigration from the non-EU nationalities has remained as the highest group of immigrants um, over several years, or as far back as this chart goes from 2000. And also with emigration from non-EU nationals has remained the lowest group of emigrants. And that's barely changed over time. It's remained very, very consistent. And the immigration, although it's fluctuated over time, it's very similar 
now to what it was back in 2000. Um, so the overall change in the migration seems to have been driven by these lines here, the nationalities from within the EU. Okay, well I showed you the intended length of stay earlier and I said we were going to break that down, so now seems quite a good time to have a look at intended length of stay, um, the EU only and the non-EU. This is one chart that when I was sort of recapping on these slides on the train this morning, I thought actually it would have been quite useful to have separated the British out from here, because clearly this top line here, permanently or greater than four years, is probably dominated by Britons returning to live in the UK permanently. Um, but what we can see is this sort of sharp rise in the up to two years category for those within the EU. Um, and a general sort of rise in those permanently or more than four years. And I suppose you can see overall there's a, a roughly a similar pattern for these last two groups as well. But the most notable observation is those for up to two years in the sharp rise in that <coughs> since uh, about 2003. Let's have a look at the non-EU. Again, we see a sharp rise um, somewhat longer ago um, in the up to two years. And this is something that, until I looked at the data, sort of surprised me for some reason. I'm not really sure why. But uh, certainly there has been a sharp rise in the up to two years um, of the non-EU nationals. Permanently, we can see a recent decrease in what looked like a sort of upward pattern. But again, it's difficult to sort of know what's going to happen over the next few years here. And then the two to four years is increasing as well. So the high-level figures, I did separate British out from the rest of the EU here just to see what's um, happening within there. So there's four lines on this chart, so I'll just say the, uh, the bold lines um, are British only, and the dotted lines are the rest of the EU. And then, depending on whether we're looking at immigration, that's shown in blue, and emigration is shown in red. As we can see here, the immigration of the rest of the EU, we can see the effect of accession back here, with this huge rise. But it seems to have been sort of tailing off over the last few years, and then just very recently, from 2008 to 2009, there's a little bit of a drop there. Um, but we need to wait several years to see whether that's going to continue, or whether it's just going to level out. Um, the most notable thing I think on this chart to point out is this red line here, in that uh, there's a 10-year low of British emigrants um, leaving the UK. So that was one of our key messages that we thought the journalists would quite like to hear at the press conference. That was one of the ones we drew out. So what can we say about the British emigrants? Well, having a quick look into the data, we can see that the number emigrating for a definite job has fallen by 40% since 2008. So those going for definite job, it was 72,000 in 2008 and 42,000 in 2009. It's a drop of 30,000. Um, the majority of the British nationals emigrating are aged between 25 and 44, and the majority are male as well. The decline is mostly driven by a decrease in males emigrating, and they drop by a quarter. Um, between 2008 and 2009. And I'd also like to point out that back in 2006, there were 114,000 males emigrating um, who have, have British nationality. In 2009, it dropped to 67. So it's nearly halved um, just within those four years. Uh, emigrating British citizens 
back in the same time, 2006, it was at 83,000, which is uh, the highest in, over the last five years. But prior to that, it was 65,000. It's also been 62,000 over those years, and now it's 60,000. So the females don't seem to be changing as much as the males in terms of the numbers emigrating. Okay, now I'd like us to focus on the reasons why people are migrating, because again, there's been some changes here over time. This chart here, the bottom section, are those migrating into the UK for work-related reasons. The red bit in the middle is accompanying and joining family or friends. This sort of pinky grey are those who are coming here who stated their main reason for coming is formal study. And then we have another category, a low reason stated at the top. I should point out that one of the, the things to consider with the International Passenger Survey is, as well as saying, how long do you intend to be in the country, we also say, what is your main reason for coming into the UK? So just because their main reason might be work-related, it doesn't mean that they're not also going to be studying or, or joining friends and family. So it's purely based on their main reason. And what we can see here is that those coming for work-related reasons seem to have declined slightly over the last few years, and those coming for formal study seem to have increased if you look at the proportion of the bar that that formal study group takes up. And uh, for the first time, when you're sort of plotting just formal study by work-related, the first time those coming for formal study in, in terms of estimates have overtaken those coming for work-related reasons. That's just in terms of estimates. Once you take standard errors and survey variability into account, we can't really say that they're significantly different from each other, but just in terms of the numbers themselves, it's quite interesting. So that's something that we'll be interested to watch uh, as more data become available. Okay, this is some additional information uh, from the Home Office, based on the, the student visas that are allocated. These also report a similar pattern over time. Now, I should point out there are definitional differences here. As I said earlier, our definition of a long-term migrant is somebody who comes for a year or more, whereas these are just applicants um, for people to come and uh, study in the UK. So they will include those who are going to be here for less than a year. And also, just because somebody's applied to come here to study doesn't necessarily mean that they arrive. So the figures will never completely tie up with each other. But they do support each other in terms of just the overall pattern of what seems to be happening with those coming for a formal study in that there seems to be increasing numbers. Okay, so who are these people coming in for formal study? Well, 211,000 came to the UK for formal study in 2009, and we had a look at the top three nationalities of those coming in. So nearly a fifth were Indian nationality, 10% were Chinese, and 5% had British nationality. And of the total, about three quarters were from outside the EU. So the other most popular reason for people coming to the UK is work-related reasons. So we'll have a look there. Um, as we saw, work-related reasons in the chart I showed you seem to have been declining just in recent years. And these are figures from DWP on national insurance <coughs> number allocations for those arriving into the UK for work. And as we can see here, ignoring for the moment all the different colours in the bar, just looking literally at the heights of the bars, we can see that there seems to have been a decline in recent years for that. And these data go up to June 2010, so a little bit more recent than data that I showed you previously, just for 2009. Proportionally, there doesn't seem to be a huge change over time in terms of 
where these people are coming from. But you can certainly see the effect of the new accession in your sort of dark red bar at the second one from the top. Okay, so what can we say about those coming here for work-related reasons? Well, 193,000 people came to the UK for work-related reasons in 2009. And again, we had a look at the top three nationalities. Well, the top was British, and maybe that's why they're coming to the UK. We don't know whether they were originally from the UK or whether they've born abroad, perhaps to British parents, have their passport and fancy coming over for a bit of work. But nearly a quarter were British nationality. That was followed by Polish at 13% and then Indian of 6%. Interestingly, when I was talking about those coming for formal study, about three quarters were from outside the EU. For those coming for work-related reasons, it's almost the opposite. It's 70%, so not too far off three quarters, and they're from within the EU. So that brings me on to the summary slide. Um, so effectively, the key messages that came out of these days is emigration has fallen since 2008. Um, emigration of British citizens seems to be declining, um, and it's now reached a 10-year low. And those arriving to the UK for formal study seem to be increasing over, well, it's a record high, so we'll get to see whether they continue to increase or whether they level off. <laughs>